You are listening to This Is Spinal Crap, the podcast about living well with a spinal cord injury. Remember, if you heard it on This Is Spinal Crap, it's probably not medically correct, so always check with your spinal unit or an appropriate medical professional. This Is Spinal Crap is sponsored by Colourplast, providing effective solutions for bladder and bowel management. back spinal crappers i'm ruth early and i'm joined again by grace spence green hey grace hi grace can you believe that it's already the seventh episode since lockdown honestly no the days are just going flying by i feel like i'm in a weird dream state at the moment no seven seven episodes amazing and it was weird because when you're stuck inside looking out at the sun you feel like time has gone really slowly but then you realize you've done seven episodes and it's (laughs) actually flying have you been able to get out much grace yeah, I got out today for a little bit. Um, I just sat on the grass, which was nice. But then we had um, a building manager come over and he started trying to explain his uh, pitch for a sci-fi novel to me. And the problem when you're paralysed and you're on the ground is you can't escape. So I'm just stuck there listening to him explain in real detail his, his book idea. Um, so that sort of ruined the sunshine for me a bit. But I did go out and it was, it was pleasant. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, we are bringing you this episode in partnership with the Spinal Injuries Association. And of course, it's kindly sponsored by Coloplast, as always. Um, how is your self-confidence at the moment, Grace? It's good. I think... Honestly, since I've been injured, I sort of had a whirlwind of you know, learning how to live um, with a spinal cord injury, etc. You do all the kind of basic stuff. And then I feel like this time in quarantine, I've actually just had time to really think about who I am as a disabled woman and sort of try and think about how I can build my self-confidence. So in a way, quarantine's been a good opportunity to really challenge myself in that sense, I think. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm getting there, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a really good thing to be able to focus on, if possible, um, during this time. So luckily today's guests are two fabulous ladies who seem to have cracked the self-confidence code and even during lockdown are dominating Instagram with wheelchair fashion and style. So known on Instagram as Sitting Down Style, it's Emma Birch. Hi, Emma. Hi there. How's everyone doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And in what I think is a uh, spinal crap first, we have a guest joining us from the US. This is our first US guest, Gracie. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Delighted to welcome Brie. Hi, Brie. Can you spell? Can you say your surname for me? Because I'll get it wrong. Scalisi. Scalisi. Oh, I've been saying it wrong, definitely. So does anybody <laughs> ever call you Khaleesi? I. That's how I explain it. Okay. Because that's how people can remember it. <laughs> Bree Scalisi, that's a great name, isn't it? It's a really strong name. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, it's so nice to have you here, our first US guest. Woo! Yay, right. thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Which is interesting because we've got quite a lot of listeners in the US now, so it's kind of growing a little bit. So yeah, maybe we'll have to have a few more US visitors. Um, I have to admit that when it comes to fashion, I'm an epic failure. So Gracie is definitely the most stylish out of the two of us. So I'm just going to hand over to Gracie and you can just take it away there. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, 
I think the first question I want to ask both of you, but I'll start with Brie. Um, I mean, I've been following you on Instagram for a while. I've been a big fan. I've seen you on the New York Bridal Fashion Week, on Project One Way, which is amazing. And I've also seen you model for kind of wheelchair-style brands like um, Fora. How did you get into modeling in the first place? So I've wanted to model since I was really little, um, since I watched like America's Next Top Model and Project Runway um, as like a little girl. And I never saw, you know, models with disabilities um, or models in chairs specifically um, on any runways or on any of the shows that I was watching. And so um, I don't think I saw that as like a viable dream at the time, um, but I kept it in my sights. Um, and when I moved to New York City to pursue my master's, I was 22, I think, when I moved to New York. Um, I was like, I really want to do this. I really want to I really want to try and go for this and, and figure out a way. But there's no like really handbook to figure out how to get into modeling. Um, and so basically, I just started with test shooting with friends, with um, photographers in the city who are up and coming. Um, and just posting pictures on my Instagram and really kind of curating my Instagram. And then the first real um, job that I ever got was with Fora. Um, and yeah, that was kind of my, my break um, where Lucy and I had been talking about the product and I was really excited for the product um, to come out. And she was like, would you want to model for the brand? I think you'd be great. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course I would love to. And, and after that, I really just kept pursuing it. I was like, All right, I have my, my wheel in the door. I'm going to just like keep going and, and take any opportunity that I can. Um, but yeah, four was my, my first job and I'm really glad it was. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't realize it was, that's, that's kind of lovely that you got in from a, a kind of a wheelchair, um, focused brand. Um, and Emma, I love your um, pictures on Instagram and your style. Um, how did you get into kind of modeling and taking those sort of photos? Uh, well, it was it was a very uh, natural uh, kind of process. When I was in hospital, um, it would have been the last thing that I ever thought that I would be doing. I was sort of rolling around in hospital gowns and, uh, you know, baggy leggings um, and not thinking about that kind of stuff at all. And then day by day, as kind of things got a little bit easier and a bit better, I started to pay more attention to fashion again um, and sort of allow it back into my life um, and I just started posting bits and bobs on Instagram uh, not really expecting anything um, and it just kind of exploded um, and I got so many people who um, kind of said I haven't worn a dress in nine years and you know I follow you now and you've inspired me to put on a frock again and things like that and it just kind of snowballed from there um, and so every time that I do it I um, am just uh, I'm just glad that I'm putting that message out there that um, you know it is fine to um, be fashionable and be in a wheelchair and people should enjoy fashion and should be passionate about it um, so that's kind of how I started um, and then I'm I worked with I worked with quite a few brands and um, I actually uh, 
worked with them for as well, um, doing some Instagram posts about their wonderful products. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just, it's, it was very natural uh, progress, um, but I'm so glad that it's kind of making a difference. Mm, that's fantastic. Um, especially, I think it's really important what you say about like being able to wear a dress and actually how important that can be for someone's self-confidence. And kind of, I am curious to kind of ask you to um, kind of what clothes mean to you and how kind of how clothes have impacted your confidence and kind of fashion. I actually work for um, a fashion and textile museum. And before that, I was involved in costume for TV. Um, so fashion and fashion history has always been a very big part of my life. Um, when I had my accident, it was like the last thing that I was that I thought about. And then um, as as it started to come back into my life, it it changed me not back into the person that I was before because I was a, I'm quite a changed person, but it allowed me to get back in touch with my confidence and with my creativity um, and kind of, yeah, it was kind of like a, a bit of a, a bit of an escape. Um, so fashion, fashion means so much to me. Um, and I think it's uh, having my accident has just made it mean all the more to me. I definitely agree with that, that fashion, I think, um, means more. I mean, I was really young. I was six when my injury happened. Um, but I do think that fashion has played such a big role in reclaiming my body and, in really having control over the way that I present my body, you know, I feel like our bodies are so public. People feel like they have um, such claim over knowing our stories and knowing um, what happened to us, you know, quote unquote, which um, is the question all the time. Um, and I think for me, fashion was was my way of presenting what I wanted people to see first. And it, it's just the way that I express um, so much of myself. And I think that's been furthered by having a disability and by having a body that's so instantly visible, you know, to me, if, um, I'm wearing something that I love and I feel good in, um, I think all the things and the daily struggles of being a disabled woman and, and having people constantly have their eyes on you to me, um, it just feels like, you know, maybe I'm wearing a great outfit today and maybe that's a part of it, but fashion's always been really important to me. I think that's great. I think it's, I've found that since being in a wheelchair, people stare. So I think, oh, maybe I should have a really great outfit because then they're going to stare anyway, but at least I'll, I'll look really good at the same yeah. time. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant way to look at it. Definitely. Yeah. All about the sure. outfit. It's not about the wheels. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, both of you have, you know, really gorgeous successful Instagram accounts and I think there's kind of a common conception that Instagram can sort of have a negative impact on self-confidence and I'm kind of wondering what what the case what you guys think of that I think from from my point of view I try and post equally about feeling good in a wheelchair as I do about some of the negatives um so I've struggled a lot with going in and out of hospital over the last few years um and I 
I definitely make sure that I have photos of me in hospital beds, in hospital gowns, my hair looking a mess, uh, you know, just showing a real side um, to me. It's not just a curated um, Instagram account. It is about like it's the whole package. And I hope that people find that positive and helpful. And I really hope that people don't find negativity in the things that I post. Um, but um, I think that's kind of a, everyone interprets things differently. Uh, but I would hope that people would look at my account and think positivity. Um, and yeah, hopefully young, young girls, young, young guys in wheelchairs, I want them to, to look and, and feel good about themselves and feel positive. Yeah, I think for me, my Instagram has really changed over time because um, when I joined Instagram, I think I was 18, 17, maybe years old. Um, and I definitely had such a different relationship to my chair at the time when I joined Instagram. I hadn't really accepted myself as a disabled woman. Um, and so it's Instagram has really seen me through this process of my you know, young adulthood finding like my journey to acceptance and accepting, um, everything about myself and my body. Um, and so I think it's really beautiful to see that on my timeline, that kind of like journey upwards. And, um, now my Instagram, I definitely do feel is more curated just based on the fact that, um, Instagram is so such an amazing platform for modeling and to almost use it as your portfolio. Um, so I definitely do uh, curate the photos, but with that, I try and put um, raw captions. And actually that's what I find my audience is often drawn to the most is these captions where I'm really being honest about, um, you know, some days I'm so grateful for all my disability has given me. And some days I'm crying and it's, and it's hard and it's, um, you know, difficult to, to just exist, but mainly I just also want to show all sides while also making it a portfolio. It's a very strange space, um, to exist in. But for me with Instagram, there was a time where I was following, um, all able-bodied, you know, supermodels and women. And I had to kind of step back and see like, who am I following because um, they're someone who truly inspires me? And who am I following because it's some version of what I, you know, wish my body could be or would be? Um, and so I really changed and like who I followed and how I followed people. Um, and that's made such a big difference just to see people who I really um, feel connected to and I feel inspire me on my on my page and on my like for you page versus um, like things that were just making me feel really negative about my body and myself. I think that's really interesting when you talk about, uh, when you say that about who you're following and because uh, I find sometimes on Instagram that like sometimes I just want to throw my phone away because, you know, like they don't represent me and I'll never be that person. But one thing that I wonder about with, with when it comes to any negativity with social media is how you deal with like, do you feel pressure it's like because somebody's taking a photo or you know you know it's going to go up on instagram or even when you're getting your own photos taken do you feel pressure to be like 
those supermodels or the those huge influencers or those you know huge huge people um who you know you might aspire to be or or yeah yeah i think that i definitely did at first um not at first with modeling but at first starting with my instagram i think by the time i got to modeling um which for uh, the for a shoot was in may uh march 2019 so it was pretty recent um I was kind of on this journey to accepting my body. And I think, um, I know that my body will never be, uh, what the traditional supermodels body is, or at least what it is right now, you know, because we have such a format for what that looks like in society. Um, and I've had to embrace that my disability is what makes me stand out in fashion, what makes me, you know, unique and in that way desirable. Um, because I, I, there's no way to curate my body and pose in a certain way that you don't see that if I'm wearing a crop top, I have scars, um, that, you know, I have lordosis, that I have scoliosis. These things are going to show no matter what way, um, I pose. And so, um, just trying to use that difference to my advantage. And, um, you know, there are moments where, maybe, um, particularly I have this little, um, like my stomach, I think just being in a chair sits to one side, you know, everyone has their own different way that their stomach sits in a chair. Um, and I, I definitely still have my moments where I'm like, Oh, I don't really love the way that that looks, but challenging myself to sometimes post, um, things where my stomach is showing in a certain way and, and seeing that either a, no one notices the way that I do, of course, um, or B people really appreciate the realness of just sharing what my body is and how my body is, especially, um, my followers with disabilities. And that means more to me than anything. You know, I don't need, uh, the top modeling agency to say, Oh, like we love the way her body looks. It means so much more to me to have, um, a, like as Emma was saying, like a young girl in a chair, young boy in a chair say like that I feel represented by that, that, is like why I do what I do for sure. And um, Brie, I, I remember seeing recently you did a photo shoot with uh, some of your friends who also use wheelchairs and I just thought that was amazing. How did you feel doing that photo shoot? That was probably one of my favorite days of my life because it was, uh, so it was four of us. Um, this is basically how I've found self-acceptance is through these girls and through this community. Um, when I look at their bodies, when I look at them, I see the most beautiful women in the world. And so it made me think, you know, why am I thinking negatively of my body of my disability when I see such like strength and, um, per, like just power and like sexiness in these women. Um, and we all kind of were just like, we should do a shoot where we're in either like lingerie or we were wearing like bra, um, bralettes and then jeans. Um, and where we just feel good and where we feel sexy. And, and it was a shoot with like all women. Um, our photographer, um, was a deaf woman. So we had like a, um, our photographer was disabled and then, um, obviously all of us are, but in different ways, um, we're all in chairs, but, um, one of us is ambulatory. Um, one of us is a quad, like everyone had like a very different body type. Um, but it was just so empowering to watch them model in, in bralettes and to, to watch them feel good about themselves in that way. It was the most beautiful thing. And I'll always remember that day. Yeah. I recommend everyone to check it out on Bruce Instagram page because they're gorgeous photos. 
Emma, have you ever had experienced any kind of negative feelings with Instagram or pressure or? I have to say I've been rather lucky. Um, I haven't had um, any really negative um, comments or or anything like that. Uh, For me, it's been, as I said earlier, more about people getting in touch and, you know, saying thank you. Um, So I feel very lucky um, about that. Um, I think what Bree said about um, kind of like using your uniqueness as a, as a good thing instead of a bad thing. Um, I think I, I feel exactly the same way about my Instagram. I'm in a chair. My body is not what it used to be. And my body is definitely not anything like any other models. But that's kind of what makes me me and I think that's I hope that's why people follow me um so I think I'm quite lucky in that respect but I do think there is a lot of pressure um to be putting up perfect pictures um you know you see a lot of um very kind of like staged heavily curated pictures on Instagram and I think naturally you want to try and kind of stay in the same vein of what other people are doing in Instagram you know you you want to you know be doing the same things that they're doing so I think it's important to take a step back and really think about why you're posting something are you posting it because you think it's going to get you more followers or are you posting it because you're hoping it's going to inspire someone and I mean, both of you have worked with you know big brands and big designers, and I was wondering how the response has been um, to to you two working in kind of such an able-bodied industry. One thing that's been really interesting, my first real big moment with um, a designer that designs mainly for able-bodied women um, was Thea Couture, who did the bridal um, runway show that I was a part of. Um, I had done a few other really cool things, um, but that was really that like big moment where there was a lot of publicity. Um, and even now I actually, there was a behind the scenes video that was taken, which I had no idea about when I, uh, went down the runway for the first time, there was just like a hairstylist recording in the corner. Um, and the designer who I had been working with for a few months on um, these dresses and built like a really great relationship with, um, just started crying. Um, and one of his best friends, um, is a wheelchair user, um, and is a disabled woman. And she was like, you better have someone with a disability on your runway. And and he didn't do it for a few years. And finally, um, he made this come true. And I think just all of that, um, like seeing that. And also I, I remember him saying like, the industry doesn't necessarily think positively of designers who take these chances and, um, and like put models with disabilities on the runway, because there's this, um, kind of argument of, is it a token moment or is it just because you want every rep, every body to be represented on your, on your runway? And he had, you know, plus size models, um, models of color, like, and me, like as a disabled woman. So I really do think for him, it was about representing as many bodies as he could, on his runway. Um, and it was just this like overwhelming emotional moment, but I posted it to TikTok um, about a month ago and it like blew up in a way that it hadn't. This was back in November that the show happened and I just posted it. Um, and it's been wild. It has like 25 million views and I definitely didn't expect that at all. But I think as we know on social media, comments can be so varied and so crazy. Um, so it's been a mixed bag, I think, with the initial runway show, the the 
um, the response was super, super beautiful and super positive. Um, and then, you know, now with anyone and everyone on TikTok being able to comment on it, it's definitely been, um, a little bit wild, but, um, I overall like working with brands that, um, have never worked with someone with a disability before, because I think it's such a big learning moment, um, for them. And to see that, like, although like fitting may take a little bit of extra time, um, we are essentially just like every other model and, um, and we deserve to be on the runways just as much as any other model. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it's a really, um, I think it's a really great time at the moment because there are so many brilliant changes being made. I'm friends with um, Samantha Bullock, and she does um, an adapted, well, it's just multiple adapted ranges. Um, and at her fashion show, it was so amazing to see these women uh, walking down the catwalk. There were uh, women in chairs. Uh, there were. Um, women with um, scars and burns, uh, different kinds of disabilities with walking sticks. Every single person was just, it was such a positive, amazing experience. Um, and I, I, I kind of felt at that moment, like, I think things are changing. I don't think it is just a, um, you know, uh, a one-off um, you know, I, I actually think that something, you know, everyone is contributing to it and something is changing at the moment. And I think it's a really great time to be involved in fashion as a disabled person. Um, I think it's a very um, kind of positive um, and yeah, uh, uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to in the future. Yeah, I think especially in the past like year or two, it's been wild to see how brands are embracing, um, disability and even, you know, just like bigger brands like, like target and, and things like that have such a wide range of inclusivity. It's really beautiful to see. Did Chelsea Hill, one of their ambassadors. Yeah. She was in their New York fashion week show and it was so cool. That was amazing. I, I saw that on Instagram. It was great. Kind of talking of adaptive clothing, um, Emma, you mentioned what sort of adaptive clothing kind of is out there for men and women who, you know, want to look, you know, still be fashionable in a wheelchair? There's quite a few at the moment and it's growing. I mean, there's definitely room for more designers to uh, be making adaptable clothing. Um, but um, the, the ones that I've come across um, and had experience with, um, so Tommy Adaptive, um, which was originally just in America, but I now know that you can buy it through um, Amazon and a couple of other um, places in the UK. Um, and that adaptive range is brilliant. There's a lot of um, magnets instead of buttons, um, materials that are easy to get on and get off. Um, you know, just some actual um, thought has gone into it. Very simple things, but it makes such a difference. Um, and then again, um, the um, Samantha Bullock uh, range, uh, she has got some wonderful ideas and she works with some brilliant designers. Um, you know, a knitwear that kind of poppers up over the shoulder so that you don't have this problem of trying to get your jumper on and off when you're in public, it's a lot easier. Um, you know, coats that um, are short at the back and long at the front, so you stay warm, but you, you're still able to take your coat on and off. 
Um, and actually, I think she's proven that a lot of these um, styles can be worn by able-bodied people as well. And I think that's really important, not just to, um, you know, make clothes just for, for one sort of person. It should be for everyone. Um, and yeah, she's kind of showed that able-bodied people and disabled people can get, can look really good in these beautiful designs. And Brie, I think I recently saw a, a video um, that you posted about sort of kind of quick tips for wearing clothes in a wheelchair. Do you have any hot tips for us today? Yeah, so I had this really cool opportunity to work with a group of um, Parsons um, master design students um, back in the fall. And each, uh, there was like, they were divided into groups, um, the, the incoming class. Um, and one of the groups was disability and they had to create a line, um, with a muse and they reached out to me and they asked me to be their muse. And initially they wanted, uh, to create for all disability. And they very quickly realized, I think as people who don't, if you haven't had a lot of interaction with disability, you realize like that's not possible because there's a million different disabilities. So they decided to focus on the seated body. Um, and it was such a learning experience, even for me to realize how long I've been adapting clothing. Um, like that's traditionally made for able bodies on my own and how many things that I had come up with, um, over the years of, of work, like wearing different clothing. Um, and so I learned a, like a lot about how I have been adapting. Um, and a lot of those things, um, are really easy, really simple, like quick things that you can do. Um, one of the things that I do is if a jacket is too long, I'll tuck it, um, into the back of my cushion to kind of make it look like a cropped, um, jacket. Um, that's something I've been doing for, for a long time. Crop tops. I love crop tops with like high waisted clothing because then, you know, you don't have to worry about exposing, um, you know, whatever you don't want to expose. Um, but because it doesn't drag in the wheels, that's always been something that drives me crazy as clothing, you know, dragging in the wheels or getting in the wheels. Um, yeah. So just all these like little things that, that I don't think about that I've kind of like worked into my everyday wardrobe. So if somebody was newly injured, Brie, and they really love their clothes um, and they feel like they have to go around in, you know, tracksuits and, you know, loose, horrible fitted clothing like we do in the hospitals, what tips would you give somebody? Like if you had to give them three or four little tips and say, you can wear this, try this. I think one, don't be too hard on yourself to immediately rush back into the tightest pair of jeans, but realize that there are so many things that will um, work for your body. For me, I absolutely love leggings because, um, especially like a good classic black legging, it looks so nice with so many different, um, variations of tops or dresses or whatever you want to wear. Um, but it's easy or a lot easier to like pull on. Um, and to just find the things that work for your body, but that like make you feel good, but that also don't stress you out. I think that's something that's so important. Um, where I've definitely bought things that I'm like, oh, I don't think this is going to be great with my chair. Um, but then I, I go ahead and, and I'm frustrated with it every time I wear it. So to find like a balance of, um, something that you love and you feel good in, but that also, um, works with your chair. I think that can be hard, um, initially when you're initially injured to realize like you have to 
find even this new way to dress along with every other new thing that you're experiencing. But once you find that balance, like you will find what makes you happy in fashion and and you can absolutely look just as good as any able-bodied person. Um, Emma, what would your advice be? Uh, well, very similar. I think, um, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. I think, again, there's a lot of pressure for, you know, people to get better. And then once you're better, people kind of expect you to either get into your disabled clothes or get back into your, the clothes that you had before. Um, I think it's important to take your time. And like Bree said, like, don't don't get stressed about it. Fashion's supposed to be fun. Um, it's supposed to be something that, um, you know, it's creative and it makes you feel good so you should do it like on your own timeline um and you should you should just do what makes you happy um i think the one little trick that has really saved me i love wearing dresses um and i i feel what brie is saying about things getting caught in the wheel it's so annoying um and uh so you know tucking your dresses underneath and all of that kind of thing but one thing that i found so useful is um when i've been wearing like silky dresses you often like scoot forward on your cushion and you, you can't get your position quite right because the silkiness the silkiness pushes you forward and i found that using a tiny little bit of silicon almost like um the um rubber baking sheet on top of my cushion and then it makes it makes you stay in the right position when you're wearing a silky skirt or a silky dress that doesn't over your skin then does it no it's just a very little bit and it's only like i wouldn't do it every day or anything like that but it's just on a special occasion if i'm wearing something that's a bit slinky um it just helps you stay in position um and i'm obviously i'm a tetra or a quad or whatever you want to say so i have it's very hard for me to reposition myself so little things like that make such a difference you feel so much more confident when you're in the right position and wearing the clothes that you love um so yeah that would probably be my one kind of little tip but yeah i wouldn't say do it any like every day because it might then upset your skin um i think lockdown i mean especially in lockdown i think people's moods are you know maybe a bit lower than than usual i think have you guys got any advice for kind of um helping people self-confidence and kind of help helping build self-confidence like i think um you know there are uh, everyone's got a different relationship with fashion and some people are really buying into this um yeah we're not going outside anymore so we can just live in our pajamas or whatever and, and that's great and then there are some people who are still like, we still love clothes and we still love fashion. We're going to get dressed every day. Um, and I think it's important that if you are the, it, it, you know, the latter and you do still want to get dressed every day, um, but uh, it's important to wear things that make you happy. Um, and it doesn't matter that no one's going to see them. Um, I think um, one of the things that I've been doing recently is um, I was gifted some dresses and then matching little ones for my niece. Um, and I found it really uplifting and also a lovely way to stay in contact with family um, that um, she'll wear her dress and she will FaceTime me and I'll put my dress on and I'll FaceTime her so we can match. Um, and it, it's, it's something very silly, but it's something that 
keeps you upbeat, it keeps you positive, and it keeps you connected to people. That is gorgeous. Yeah, I think for me, um, self-confidence, as I was saying earlier, really started when I found community um, and when I started to want to be a part of the disability community. I didn't know anyone in chairs when I was um, little and growing up. I really didn't meet um, anyone else in a chair that I spent time with or or was friends with until I was 20. Um, So for me, self-confidence came from, from finding that community. So I would say maybe if someone has been scared to follow someone or follow a group of people in it, in chairs on Instagram, that's uh, newly injured, um, just go for it. You know, you don't have to start by, by talking to someone or, or having a conversation if that's too hard, but just to see that people are, um, living full, beautiful lives, uh, from chairs or, or with disabilities is a really good start. And I think, um, quarantine is a, is a good time to, to start that just to kind of explore, um, and look into a sense of community, Um, And then on an individual level for people who already do have um, community, I would say um, trying to find something that gives you purpose every day, which can be so hard with quarantine. Um, Like a lot of people are out of work or or out of school, um, but something that makes you happy and feel good about yourself every day, whether that is, as Emma was saying, putting on a really cool outfit that makes you feel um, beautiful or, um, you know, putting on your favorite mascara, um, or whether that's just like dancing in front of your mirror, just finding something that makes you feel, uh, good every day for just a little bit that makes you feel like, Oh, I want to get up today. Um, is the best way to, to kind of find a little bit of like self-love, self-confidence at this time. Nice. Nice. I really agree with that. I think when I was in hospital, the first thing I did, I was so desperate to find people that I could uh, look at and think, oh, they're having a good life and they've got a smile of me. Um, so I just filled my Instagram feed with like just everyone I could find and that helped like an enormous amount, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think I have just one last question for you guys. I kind of, I was curious to know your, the highlight so far of your, of your kind of modeling and um, uh, careers. What's been your, your your favorite thing? I think uh, for me, I think um, Bree's done a lot more and a lot of bigger things than I've done. Um, but for me, it was just um, for the last two years, I've worked with um, the Backup Trust um, on the, um, they do a, um, an event called Front Row, which is a charity um, fashion show every year to raise money um for uh, backup um and i've uh, been on the catwalk both years um and i've just felt very proud it's a it's a great charity uh, i've loved the outfits that i've been able to wear um, and i just think it's a really good uh it's a, it was for a good cause um so that's probably my my proudest uh, moment um yeah, it just working for a good charity um, and uh, seeing other people in wheelchairs on the catwalk, having a good time, having fun, uh, that made me very proud. I actually watched that on uh, Backup's Insta stories. And um, I mean, and I wouldn't really watch fashion shows, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> and I, was, and I, I did feel really empowered to see disabled women um, represented. It was, it was, yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think similar to Emma being on the runway is something that is so empowering to me. And those have been my favorite moments. I love like photo shoots and, and things like that, but there's something so different about this live in-person experience. Um, and especially I think for me, as we were saying earlier, always having eyes on us, you know, out in public, um, this was such a different experience because the eyes are on you for such a different reason. You know, there's all of these eyes on you, but it's, it's because they're kind of admiring the way that you're body is, is presenting and making a piece of clothing artful. And, um, that is always such a crazy moment for me. And I think the biggest moment, um, that I really felt that and, uh, similar again with Emma being on the catwalk with other women with disabilities, um, was I did a filming of project runway, um, in February and it came out in March. Um, and, the finale runway show, um, in the collection that I was a part of, there was, um, a, a model who, um, was also an amputee. And, um, for us to just both be on that same runway and, and that designer really, truly understanding she had non-binary models, trans models, um, plus size models, um, models with disabilities on the runway. And it not just being about you know, one statement moment because the producers had actually said I was on two episodes. So she, I was not supposed to be on the the episode before that because they were like, you should save uh, that moment of her coming down the runway for, um, you know, your finale runway show. And she was like, I don't want it to just be a moment about a model in a wheelchair. I want it to be my collection is about everyone, you know, being represented in my collection. Um, so I was on the first like fitting episode where they were like doing all the fittings and then that one. So, um, it wasn't this shock moment. Oh, I have a model in a wheelchair. Um, and that was a really big deal for me to even understand that that could be a possibility where, um, as again, Emma was saying earlier, I think the industry is changing where we're not just a moment. Um, and to just feel like, Oh, we can, we can be a part of this in every way was so cool brilliant thanks so much guys for um talking to us where can we find you on your social medias i'm Bree scalisi um b-r-i-s-c-a-l-e-s-s-e <laughs> um on pretty much A brilliant name <laughs> <laughs> on pretty much all of my social media um the big one that i've been focusing on lately is tiktok because it's really fun it's not as much pressure i think um as we were saying with instagram it's just like silly and fun so yeah tiktok and instagram i'm, I'm yet to get on board with all this tiktok stuff i think i'm gonna have to go away and do a bit of research and figure out what it is i'm starting to feel a little bit old um but <laughs> i my, feel that my, <laughs> <laughs> um my instagram is um sitting down style uh, and I'm on Twitter as well. Um, I mainly do everything through Instagram. Um, you might see me on TikTok sometime soon. Who knows? Yes, I want to. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much. It's been such an interesting conversation. And I have to be honest, I you, you've both just completely changed my perception of fashion 
um, and and the role that it can play in like empowering women with disabilities. So thank you both for sharing your, your thoughts on that. I, I have a different attitude towards it completely now. Um, and um, also, Brie, thank you. You're, um, when we when we finish this show, I'm going to go on my Insta and I'm going to delete all those people who make me feel inadequate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <And> do it. <laughs> do it uh, yeah. well, th- thank you for having us it's been it's been lovely to uh to, to chat oh so well you know what we do is um when we have guests on the show we usually give them our spinal crap mug which is um brie you should know this they're very sought after in the uk i get death threats over them <laughs> <laughs> So you can think about being on the show. So what we'll have to do is um, when when this is all over, because we can't connect to post offices now, um, when this is all over, we'll owe you a mug and we'll get your address and then post, post it over to you. I'm excited. And we have, we have a promise to meet up for a drink at some point when this is over, don't we? Yes, definitely. I will bring a mug of wine. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Okay, so guys, um, the the SIA, of course, are our partners in the series. Um, they have their drop-in clinics Mondays and Wednesdays at 3 p.m. That is uh, British time, obviously, uh, for all those Americans listening. <laughs> um, and, um, but yeah, that's, that's the Spinal Injuries Association in the UK. Um, and they back up then have their lounge on a Friday at 3pm. Please pre-register for that. That is um, a lot of fun and um, really, really interesting people. If you need help in terms of coronavirus um, and you have any concerns or worries about how it's going to affect you with your spinal cord injury, please get in touch with SIA. Their um, advice line is uh, 0800-980-0501 and you can get that number also on their website, spinal.co.uk. And remember that Mondays and Wednesdays, their drop-in clinic is there to help you with any questions or concerns that you have about that as well. To find us on social media, we are on Instagram at This Is Spinal Crap. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Spinal Crap Show. You can email This Is Spinal Crap at gmail.com. And if you want to sign up for our newsletter on our website, uh, go to This Is Spinal Crap.com and you can sign up there. That's a mouthful, Grace. How do you say all those things? <laughs> no wonder I seem to get it wrong every episode, I say. words. <laughs> <laughs> difficult I don't know why <laughs> well. it was, I kind of liked swapping around roles there that was good today yeah it was nice <laughs> uh, okay guys girls again thank you so much for getting in touch with us Grace well done and um, to our listeners uh, thank you for listening and until next time this is Spinal Crop bye bye, bye. bye. for listening to this is spinal crap and thank you to our sponsors coloplast if you like this week's show please be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media